everybody. What is going on? My name's Justin Julander. If you didn't know, I'm here with me in Cyberland is Mr. Chuck Bowen. What is going what is going on, Chuck? Oh How my you gosh. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm a little tired. Looks yeah. like you are too. I am. I am super tired. That's all right. That's, that means yeah. we're working hard, right? Or hard. That's right. Working, or no, like that. working hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got uh, final reports due. All sorts of people breathing down my neck for reports and such. Yeah. What I do need do? my data. I need my data. Exactly. Yep. The data you sent wasn't in the format I wanted it in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Send it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fun, fun. Well, what's going on in Snakeland? Not much. Um, Same old snakes. Thing yeah, so snakes outside for Hurricane Hillary. Uh, Ooh, non, did non you a, survive? Non-event. Yeah, it was a very non-event down here. So <laughs> at least where um, you were, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I know. Um, I heard Akatio hmm. and even. Um, you know, a lot of that high desert area yeah. uh, around there got hit pretty bad with flooding and stuff. So, like yeah. flash flooding. So, Saw some stuff up around Palm Springs, like yeah, Palm Springs hit it. It's weird. Though. It seems like it seems like it it went in and got the desert real bad. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, hopefully, it's not good that, for the desert. You know what I mean? Like, hopefully, yeah, it, for sure. In the long term, it'll benefit the wildlife, and we'll see a, an uptick. I'd like to get out there again soon, but. Dang, there's just so many places to herp. You know what I mean? I do. <laughs> that that one, that place is one of my favorites, though. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure, sure I'll ever, ever be able to replicate the season I had out there when we had uh, herpeton out there. I went out herping just kind of on my own. <laughs> I well, just ditched out the meetings early and head out into the desert to herp and saw a ton of stuff. Yeah. Man, our our trip out there was pretty dang good too with the yeah. NPR crew and. Well, someday you could have a proper trip and go out with Jeff Lamb and let the master show you there how you it's go. done. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, I don't know that he'll take me out. I don't know. That That's true. Out. That's true. <laughs> I'm not a – I mean, I, you, he did take me out herping once, but we didn't go out to the desert. It was just kind of – He also sold you up the cold. river for a spot too. He did? Yeah. Wasn't that spot wasn't, – wasn't that a spot that spot – so remember when I when I was uh, picking up crickets and I saw you and oh, – uh, yeah. And Eric and, and you guys had said like you had just come from a spot. Wasn't Lem the guy who gave you that? Oh yeah, and it was. T- there was totally to nothing there. And well, it was or, or at one time maybe there. Up or yeah, something. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I forgot about that. <laughs> but we were yeah we were yeah. joking that that Lem like you know gave you a bogus like a bogus <laughs> yeah, spot. He lemmed us. <laughs> he lem he lemmed you. Yeah. yeah. Nah, just a good guy. Hey. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, he he does find a lot of good stuff though. He sure does. <laughs> I haven't he is had a, good. a Jeff day out there before, but yeah. No I think his son might there, even yeah. be better at it than he is. Yeah, but he went that fisherman route. He he kind of oh did lost he? Interest I in the herp and yeah. went fishing. Did he? <laughs> yeah, huh? Sandy is sure good for that too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I no no uh, fault with that. I no <laughs> no. Yeah. However you spend your days. Right. 
Yeah, so, I, so I got into fishing that much. Heidi no. really likes to fish. She she got into it a bit. I said, "How about I herp while you fish?" How's that? Yeah, sound? <laughs> I got. I kind of uh, my cousin and I. I did some deep sea fishing, and then my cousin and I made kind of a thing. Every time he comes out, we go deep sea fishing. So nice. That's yeah. that's kind of fun. Um, yeah, I like that. So. The Utah boys, uh, Chris and Aspen, were, <clears throat> and and I uh, went out with uh, Keith McPeak on his boat nice. and did some deep sea fishing. Nice. Oh man, uh, Lindsay went with them as well. <laughs> Lindsay and Chris, of course. Um, very cool uh, gal, but she's she's like the real deal fisher woman. So <laughs> yeah, she she probably showed them all up. I'm sure. Just as just like she does in herping. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. She's she's a good herper. So yeah. Sweetness. Um, so, yeah, so let's see. Yeah, non-event hurricane, not, yeah. not no problem there. Um, yeah, man, everything else is good. Um, cool. Yeah, just I'm trying to get this coastal clutch that I had this year feeding. They're being stubborn, so mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I may have to may have to start. Uh, but you know, I've been like trying to train and stuff, so I just really haven't been like trying to like. Uh, focus my energy on it too much i just been yeah. trying to drop like uh you know live fuzzies in there and yeah. switch i'm like what what you're not eating what so they've all shed and so i'm like i'm kind of like you know yeah. last year's clutch was way easier to start i don't know man don't you hate it when it when it does yeah that? like but but you know what dude like i started complaining when half the clutch last year fed and the other half didn't and then they all ended up feeding eventually yeah. and it was fine and it was like you know what i mean i just yeah. like it's imp- it's old impatient me coming back like why are these things just feeding right out of the egg <laughs> you know so yeah no, I know what you mean. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I have yet to start the inlands. Like I, I'm waiting for them to shed. So yeah, but yeah, hopefully they'll they'll be as easy as last year. Last year went pretty smooth with the fingers inlands. crossed, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh man, you missed a good carpet fest. It was yeah. It was so I feel like I needed to ask you about that. Uh, yeah. How so? It was good. Oh yeah, yeah. It was and. A lot of fun. Um, not, you... not the the crazy stories that you hear from previous years. It was it was a little more tame, which is probably good because I was there. I'm kind of the wet blanket. Right, I think right. of the the party. There wasn't. Are you, really are you the, saying it was Buzz Schillinger season or what? <laughs> Maybe. I, yeah, uh, I probably just brought a little buzzkill with me. But gotcha. Um, there was nah, yeah, there was nah, no mankini or no. <laughs> it was no it was pretty pretty tame. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, no, that's good. No voyeur shows, but anyway, yeah, it was uh, it was nice and tame for for the Utah boy. So that's good. <laughs> but it was it was fun. It was really cool to catch up with some people, and I had some really nice conversations with some people I hadn't I hadn't ever met in person. Few that I had that I, it was good to see again, and yeah, it was really a fun show. So I mean. And did somebody show up with an animal despite not being told not to show up with animals? <laughs> Only the ones that were bringing them for Eric. So he, okay. that was the got exception. It. Of the so world. it was, I got you. All right. Owen so still so tried to no. stop him. He's like, hey, yeah. what are you doing? Hey, what is this? Eric told us to. I don't care. Get those out of here. It. Get it out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, me and Rob rolled in a couple days early. So we got there on uh, Wednesday. 
Wednesday afternoon. And so we did a little little herping in the rain, found a few uh, amphibians, you know, not not too much. But it was cool. They were uh, American uh, toads. And uh-huh. one was really dark and cool looking. I, I like toads; they're fun. So that was cool to see. And then both, you know, both those, or I mean, a lifer. I, I hadn't seen American toads before in the world. Right. And then um, we saw bullfrogs. So I've obviously seen those, but they're invasive everywhere, which mm-hmm. is kind of a little teaser for our topic. Um, and then the. Uh, um, but yeah, other than that, I got a few new, new bird species out there. So <laughs> I know most people don't care about that, but it was fun to add a, I think I added, I'm, I'm now, I think they would care if they could <laughs> see the smile in your face right, right now. There you go. They can hear it in my voice. The, I, I, they should. Uh, I, th- I think, I think I added more herp species than bird species though for new, you know, lifers for me. So that was cool. Way to keep um, it classy, thank oh, you, Julian. Oh, right as yeah. we got to Eric's house, um, we he, he we flipped a log in his backyard, and there was a garter snake, so eastern garter snake tick. I mean, nice. I've seen Sertalis, but hadn't seen that subspecies, the eastern. So, Sertalis did Eric Sertalis. run right to the rock and go, "Oh my, what's under this?" and flip it over? <laughs> it was oh, the look. first one we flipped, or oh, maybe it wasn't okay. the first one, but it was pretty quick after. <laughs> yeah, just like in his little flipping pile yeah, in the back of his yard. Just runs yeah. right to it. It's like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look what I found. And his his house, um, his yard borders like a, a creek or a river, uh-huh. you know, probably. Nice. Um, small river for them, but it was a very big river for Utah, but <laughs> it was, uh, um, so he's gotten that in his backyard. And I think, uh, Rob Christian went out there and found like a slider that was on the nice. bank or something. And it was one that Eric had seen before that was kind of cruising around in his backyard at one point. It had like a chunk out of its shell or something. Um, but yeah, so we, we did a little herping that day, got up the next day, went out to the Pine Barrens, um, got, absolutely skunked on reptiles until Eric spotted a uh, eastern fence lizard. That was another Dumb. lifer for me. And uh, we got plenty, plenty of ticks, though. So that was yeah. that was fun. I think Rob picked off 150 off of his legs when we drove from, from the Pine Barrens over to Delaware to a copperhead spot. And then we got skunked at, well, we didn't see any reptiles at the copperhead spot, but we got a toad there. So that was cool. Um, and then uh, we were, we headed back home kind of in defeat. It was a pretty rough day with the uh, um, herping in the barrens. It, it's, you know, pretty barren, I guess, <laughs> in mm-hmm. some ways. <laughs> it was pretty barren in herp life that day, but it was uh, fun to, to get out at least, see new habitat, get a lot of ticks. I, apparently, I got a bunch of chiggers too, because now my feet are covered in bumps and itchy and. That's been fun. So East Coast herping. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't get that exactly. out West. No chiggers. I was just going to say. Uh, very we, few ticks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But. And. Um, yeah. Today we were supposed to have our special guests. But. Uh, there's. Been some. A few things came up. Uh, I guess. Things it was supposed happened. To be, yeah. We were supposed to record last week. I think. But. Last That was week. the week before Daytona. And. Our special guest realized that he was going to Daytona and uh, he double booked. So he double booked. Now he's like, yeah, it's a little crazy, you know, the week before and the week after Daytona. Yeah. So, 
But we'll have him come on soon, and then we'll have the two two special guests come on in a month or two. There's been some more things that have occurred that have delayed that a little bit. So sorry for the teaser before, but we will have them eventually. Not that you care because you don't know who they are, but needless to say, it will be a good one. Um, so yeah, after after we herped the Pine Barrens and, and that spot in Delaware, we went back to Eric's and got all our... Uh, tick bites, uh, you know, soothed with a shower or whatnot, and maybe a dip in Eric's pool. <laughs> it was he has a great yard. And then the the next day was the the um, carpet fest, and yeah, it was it was pretty well attended. Probably a hundred or so people, maybe you know seventy five. Nice. Oh, the night before carpet fest, we were hanging out, and I guess. Uh, Eric's wife Dory went out uh, out back and found a little baby ringneck snake, and she she thought it was like a worm. It was very tiny, like really small. And uh, Eric's like, "No, that's a snake." And she's like, "Oh, I see him out here all the time." He's like, "What?" <laughs> this was the first one that he's seen. So he was like, "What the heck?" I guess I need to go outside more. <laughs> and so yeah, he brought that in. The thing was just absolutely tiny, but that was another new one. At that's least pretty cool. That subspecies, yeah. I'd seen yeah. the ringnecks down in San Bernardino or whatever, um, Orange County. And then, uh, yeah, uh, Eric's reptile room was off limits, so we didn't get it. Right. Yeah, he didn't make any exceptions there either, so that was nice. So he was out during the whole Carpa Fest, hanging out with people. Uh, he did some grilling, getting some burgers going and stuff, so that was a lot of fun. Nice. And then... Um, yeah, we, the next, uh, oh, I forgot to mention on the way out to the Pine Barrens, um, there was a turtle in the middle of the road. Turtle. Uh, we're all turtles. So, uh, Eric pulled over, I ran out, grabbed it off the road just before a huge truck came around the corner, would have, would have smashed it pretty good. So Steve's we, proud of you. Yep. Steve loves those turtles, man. You can't keep him from talking about them, but. It was a pretty little thing, you know, um, just crossing over. There was a little uh, swampy area where he was headed for. So we helped him over and he took off there. But yeah, it was another another new species for me. So it's cool to see. You don't usually get to see turtles unless you're out there in the water tromping mm-hmm. and looking for them. So, and I think this was kind of late in the year to see a lot of turtle life or something. But um, so, yeah, but... Carpet Fest was a blast. We hit good food. Um, Did you Zach get your Baez shirt? Baez came and he uh, brought his mojito chicken, which was fantastic. Um, oh, we did did find a wood frog at that Delaware spot, so mm. other new species. But um, it was cool. Uh, Mike Curtin brought a bunch of oysters, and he was cracking oysters. We were having oysters on the half shell. He brought some, like, stuffed oysters. No lobster oh. or crab or anything. So Nick Scaly was uh, Scally was slacking a bit. I think he fed the Utah boys and Keith and everybody lobster the night before Carpet Fest. So I'll have to rat him out here, but he's a, <laughs> he's a good guy. Don't don't let him fool you. No matter what you see or hear with your own eyes and ears. <laughs> no, he's a great guy. Really, it was fun catching up with Nick. Um, yeah, Nick. Uh, Mutton and Ryan Young came out from the West Coast. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, a good crowd there. Um, caught up with Eric Kohler a bit. That was fun to chat with him. He's a he's a cool guy. He's Yeah. He's kind of, he's bred a lot of cool species. I think he just got yeah. Gila monsters, like, 
yeah, he's he's one of those those uh, impressive breeders, you know. Yeah, I I wish we could have gone out herping with him too. He has a some uh, good spots out in uh, Central PA, but next time I guess. Um, so yeah, it was really, really just a great time chatting with everybody. I got to see, uh, Zach Baez's photos of his trip to Namibia and Galapagos and holy crap, man, that guy can take some good pictures and he saw some amazing stuff out there. So I think they, he said they saw like nine species of viper, the, um, bitus. Wow. <laughs> just out there. Yeah. Pretty crazy. That's, uh... But yeah, it's always good to catch up with people and see, you know, see, meet people in person that you've only uh met online i guess and yeah put a put a face and to a name put, put a power lifting glove to a face there you go that's right <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah that the night before uh nick and ryan had got in and then han came in from um uh canada so he was in from mm-hmm. like up above Seattle, uh, BC, I guess. Um, so he was out probably the farthest, uh, one to travel in. So, and then the night before we just kind of hung out and chatted, it was, it was good. Yeah. Time. Cool. Um, yeah. What else to say? That was, it was great. Then the next day we went out with Mike Curtin, uh, out to the Pine Barrens again, but this time we had much better luck. <laughs> so nice. a few, uh, so we got, we got there a little late, um, we forgot to bring Mike Curtin's hat, and so uh, that was kind of a funny story too. Because um, he had left it, at, you know, the night before during Carpet Fest, left it on the table, and so we uh, left, and then we're like, "Oh crap, Mike's hat!" So we get, went back, and he said, "Oh, if anybody sees my burgundy cap," and and Eric and Owen were looking around for they they weren't sure what that they meant. were like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah," and I'm like, maybe, "Maybe he means his hat, his burgundy yeah. hat." And so I went and found a burgundy baseball cap, and I'm like, "I saw him wearing this. This must be what he's talking about." <laughs> They're like, "Oh yeah, of course, a burgundy hat." Why? Why did we think it would be uh, something else? But um, so we had to go back for that. So we were a little bit later, and uh, Chris and Aspen. We met up with Chris Aspen and Lindsay. Um, and so we got there a little late and they were giving, um, Nick Scally a bad time cause he wasn't there and I guess he hasn't seen a, a timber in the pine barrens. And so that was kind of one of the main targets there. And, and of course, you know, we, on the way, we're almost there and, and they're like, Oh, we just found two timbers. And we're like, oh, <laughs> drive faster. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we missed, missed seeing those. They'd kind of gone down a hole before we could get there and check them out. And you're not allowed to manipulate them or anything. Right. So, you know, we um, kept, kept to the rules and tried to be really respectful of the animals, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, they were so, – so we got there a little late. And so they were bragging to Nick Scally about finding timbers, you know, without him. Like, oh, you should have been here. We found the timbers. And meanwhile – we found out Nick was, he, he drank a little bit. And so he, uh, he was going to crash in his car. I'm like, Oh, talk to Eric. He'll put you up in his house. You know, you can sleep in at least indoors. And so, yeah, he, I don't know where he ended up sleeping, but then the next morning he was out there cleaning up the yard and like <laughs> just being an all around good guy. So, nice. uh, yeah, he's, and then, <laughs> so then he gets these texts and, uh, from Mike Curtin bragging about how, you know, uh, we found a, this is where you would have been if you would have been here. You would have been able to see these timbers. And then Nick said, 
I thought you might say that. And then he sent a picture of him holding Mike's hat over his nude body in a strategic oh, location. Man. <laughs> We're like, oh, the, there's the Nick's Kelly. <laughs> we know. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> so that was pretty good. Uh, good. Uh, he he uh, thought that out well. <laughs> yeah. Even with a bit of a hangover the next morning. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like... That was uh, that was a good move there, Nick. <laughs> now and then everybody's like, "Oh man, what did I do with my hat last night?" Uh, he's, got like a, he's got a huge <laughs> photo roll of everybody's hats. Hat. <laughs> yeah, just let him say anything to me. Yeah, he'll hear <laughs> this and he'll he'll pop up with a picture of my hat or something. But that was funny. So hide your um, hats, folks. Hide your so hats. we we were so after we got there late, didn't get to see the timber. So we're hiking around, saw a bunch of cool stuff: uh, ribbon snake, a um, couple different frogs and toads. Saw some uh, the uh, what was the what kind of toad did we see? Started with an F. Anyway, um, that was uh, that was cool to see the ribbon snake, another garter snake species. Um, Fowler's toad. That's what I'm trying to go for mm-hmm. there. So Fowler's toad, ribbon snakes, and uh, and then we were going along a spot, and and Mike's like, you know, this spot I've I've seen him here before, and so we're kind of scanning along, and then I like saw this, you know, look, just look different. I'm like, what is that? Is it like garbage? You know? And I'm like, no, those are scales. That's a timber rattlesnake. And so there was one just curled up on the edge of a burrow just right under this uh, pine bough and so uh did we, you almost step on it no but i was oh. looking pretty close like i i uh it was kind of a hard thing to spot so like oh there's one right here a timber i mean and uh it was you're a large allowed to female. find it that way that's how you find stuff yeah what step on it or yeah almost yeah. almost yeah uh, yeah that's yeah. true so yeah. maybe maybe it was an almost step but yeah. I, I was kind of walking parallel to it so i, I wouldn't Got call it. it an almost step not Got like the diamond yeah, not traditional that was a non-traditional jewender exactly. encounter right there, there. Yeah, yeah yeah that's so, you still used eagle eyes so it, we'll, we'll yeah, say it that's not your that's your <laughs> your secondary method not your primary for there finding you rattlesnakes there you go usually I, oh yeah. i told mike that i'm like you know because um there was a lot of chit chit chat and talking and stuff and I'm like, hey, you know, I need to walk away from everybody because I find stuff by hearing it rather than seeing it mostly. And then I spotted that and Mike's like, Oh, mister, I gotta hear it. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Oh no, I find a snake and everybody gets all <laughs> Yeah, but it dipped down a burrow pretty quick. So yeah. I got like one crappy photo of, you know, this uh, it under this pine bough, which you know, it, it was kinda cool to yeah. see it that way. And then you could hear it rattling underneath the, the ground. Um, so we're like, well, let's, let's come back and see if that one's come out. And there was a, like a big shed skin and stuff like that. It was pretty, pretty cool. Um, so yeah, we, we kind of made our way around and then came back to the spot and she was out, you know, further out. And so we were able to get some pictures of her and stuff. And a big cool. female looked like she was gravid. Um, so yeah, it was really cool to see, see that animal. And, uh, so we, you know, we, we did, we went to another spot and didn't, didn't really see too much after that. We, we saw, um, a couple of, uh, no, actually we did see some good stuff. We found a really nice Fowler's toad. We went to another spot and, uh, saw a, I think it was a worm snake. 
um, just a little fossorial snake that Rob flipped under this big piece of um, chunk of concrete. And then uh, I got I flipped a flipped an eastern milk snake. Uh, so nice. Was, yeah, I was pretty stoked about that. It was in shed, so not the you know didn't have the bright popping colors, but it was a milk Fine. snake nevertheless, yeah. and it looked like it might have had that fungal disease. So mm. we went to great lengths. I was the only one that handled it just to make sure we weren't transferring it to other places. And then after I handled it, I you know used an alcohol wipe to kind of disinfect my hands and stuff. Yeah. So hopefully that you know. Didn't go around spreading fungal disease. Fungal disease. Unfortunately, that's a problem out in the East Coast. Uh, so, but that was that was fun to see. And then, uh, yeah, we spent quite a bit of time photographing that. Then we went to this really cool place in the Barrens that was like there was this really mossy spot. Um, I think uh, um, that it was yeah, just perfect salamander habitat. We only found one little tiny tiny redback salamander it was this one of the smallest amphibians i've seen um found a couple of their frogs leopard frogs and a couple of sclops the little eastern fence lizards and then uh we hit and hit that kind of walked along that trail and and came back and there was like a bunch of police around we're like oh what's going on here and and they're like did you see a woman out there on the trails you were on and we're like no and they said oh yeah there's a 70 year old woman who's lost and there were like all these cops here and a couple of them set off into the you know on the trail we just came in from an ambulance came up and that kind of thing so we were just kind of saying goodbye to mike uh and and then uh all of a sudden the ambulance came zipping out so we assume they either found her and were taking her or, or they found her and the ambulance was going around to a different spot or something to pick her up so um, hopefully that woman made it out safe and, and okay. But, um, so then we decided to go road cruise just a little bit before we headed back and it was me and Rob and Nick and Ryan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, uh, were driving along, we hit the dirt road, you know, saw like a turtle on a basking out on a log or something. And then, um, we're going along and, and Rob's like getting ready to turn around. I'm like, Oh, let's just go a little further. There was another little turnaround spot and we can turn around there. So we start coming back and then like every, all hell broke loose and everything kind of went nuts. And so we're driving along and Rob looks over to the left and there's like this car in the, in the ditch or in the water. Right. Like just had, had crashed. I mean, recently, cause we didn't see it on our way through and, but on our way back, it was there. So it had to have happened within the last five minutes. And then, so he's looking over there and we're like, and then I see a snake in the road and on the passenger side and we're like, snake. Yes. And so Rob swerved around. It was this beautiful timber rattlesnake. So there was a place and Rob pulled off. And so we all get out of the car, run over, take a look at the snake. And then I, and then we can hear this kid yelling, help, help my mommy, help my mommy. And so we're like, oh, oh crap. God, so, dude. so me and Rob, I'm like, okay, me, me and Rob will go see if we can help you guys kind of stay with the snake, make sure it gets off the road safely or whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. And so um, we go running up there and this kid's like, my mom, don't let my mom die. She's underwater. She's going to die. Don't let her die. And we're like, holy crap. So we're going to like help save. And there's this. Uh, man, you know, on his cell phone, like calling the cops or he's like, I don't know what, what's going on. Like he's, he's all freaking out. And apparently the guy knew the woman who had crashed 
And so I go to look in the crashed car to see if I can, you know, see the see. woman or assess the situation or something. And there's this lady's butt right in the way. I'm like, did she fall through the back seat? You know, she like <laughs> leaning over the seat. And then like, I realized it was somebody helping the woman in the front seat. So, and so I get, I'm like, well, I don't know what this kid's screaming about. So we go around and like, okay, your mom's fine. You know, she's not underwater. There's somebody helping her. The cops are on their way. You know, you'll be okay. And it's going to be okay. And then, so I start like, there's nothing we can really do here. There's already somebody helping her. There's somebody calling the cops and like, I I don't know what we're, we're going to do here. And so, um, he kind of settled down a little bit and then I look over and I see Nick and Ryan running up to us and I'm like, what? what are you doing? Where's the snake? And they're like, well, he kept screaming. So we, we thought maybe, you know, you guys oh, needed more. No. <laughs> like, okay. Ah, yeah. and, so, and so, uh, and then I hear cars coming. I'm like, oh crap. So I go running and I'm like waving my arm to, to have the cars go around me. So they don't hit the snake. Cause it's still out in the road. And I'm like, why did you leave it in the road? And so we get the, got the cars to go around us and, and the snake was safe. And then apparently while I was doing that, this the woman got out of the car that was in the back seat and she just lays into Rob and is just screaming at him, get out of here. Why? Are we, just leave us alone. What are you doing? You know, like Rob's like, OK, you know, I was just trying to help. <laughs> like then. So Rob's like, that's my cue to exit, you know, stage. Yeah. Right. So he, you know, so they all came back over and we were take. So then you've got this horrible car crash apparently the woman was going like a hundred miles an hour on this 30 mile an hour dirt road and somehow lost control of the car and then went into a ditch and she had kids she had that kid in the back of her car at least the one that was you know that was um her the kid's mommy and so the people that came they were like oh we told her not to drive she was you know either Jesus drunk or high or something Christ. and so so they took the kid out of the car took the the car seat out of the back of the car and we're like setting her up in a different car. And, uh, man, it was a, it was a mess, but the, the guy kind of told the woman to settle down like, Hey, they're just trying to help us. You know, don't, don't yell at them or whatever. And so, um, and then other cars were there coming up and so we're like, yeah, let's just go photo. So, so then you're driving down the road and you see this huge wreck and then you see four guys laying on the ground, taking pictures of a rattlesnake. It was, a quite the quite the sight i'm sure and uh one car actually kind of stopped and said hey is that a rattlesnake and we're like yeah yeah said, can, we, can we check it out and i'm like sure so they come over and they're watching the rattlesnake and uh, and it was they were really cool they're like oh that's beautiful wow that's cool that you guys saw this and thanks for sharing it with us oh is that him rattling you know come check it out he's rattling yeah. so they were really cool about it and weren't like the typical you know people you expect like Gallat, Gallat. Yeah. why didn't you run it over but so yeah we watched it crawl off into the forest and then we're like oh you know we'll We'll take off and go back to Eric's house. And, and then as we're driving, these cops just come whipping by. We had to, like, pull off the side of the road or they were just hauling um, to the to the scene or whatever. Oh, and while we were taking pictures of the car, we hear them getting chains out and, like, hooking up chains to the car and trying to pull it out. <laughs> we're like, you idiots, don't do that. And, of course, like, his bumper fell off and there's this horrible noise when he drove. And stuff. It's horrible yeah, noise. You, you messed up your car. <laughs> No way! A horrible yeah. noise. Would you lose control at high speed and the dirt road? Huh. Well, no. He was he was trying to pull the car out, and his no, car I... got jacked up 
trying to oh, pull his it out. car got jacked yeah, up. Yeah, and his was making car. the horrible noise. Oh my god! <laughs> but like her car, like so apparently she hit a tree, went up the tree, and then broke the tree off, and then fell into the tree. So the tree is sticking through the car. <laughs> like just what the hell? Yeah, it was it was messed up. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was, it was a very eventful <laughs> road cruising. Uh, That's way extra cruising. than having to help that truck driver. Right? Way, <laughs> like, way extra. Uh, Holy so. shit. We're not going to forget that, Timber Rattlesnake. I don't even know if I'm, like, mad that I was there or wasn't there at that. Like, <laughs> wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was pretty pretty funny, but well, not not funny, I guess. In the, not funny, but yeah, yeah funny. I get. But it. that was a, a good end to the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, four timbers from our group. We you know kind of spotted four timbers. I didn't see the first two. I think Rob, maybe Rob saw them. Maybe he wasn't with them, but they went back. So Chris and Aspen uh, and um, <clears throat> and Lindsay went back to that first. Um, Two, and they were back out again. So Nick and Ryan got to see those, and Nick got some pretty okay photos of the, you know, kind of the ones crawling around. And but they dipped down the burrow again too, and right. then we waited for them, and then we saw that that third one, the gravid female that I spotted under the tree, and then um, then this fourth one on the road. So it was a a good day of herping out there in the Barrens. That's pretty lucky to see a timber in the Barrens. So, it's a lot I mean, absolutely day. attributed to Mike. I mean, Mike knew, right. you know, he'd seen him out there and knew where to look. And so he kind of showed us how to find him and stuff. So we, it's always, I mean, you know, the, that discussion on sharing spots, you know, Chris, Chris should have been, he shouldn't have gone because he, you know, somebody showing him a spot. He should have refused yeah. out of, yeah. out of integrity. But, out of sheer you know, principle. That Chris just has no integrity. Yeah. <laughs> so. He compromises his principalities when, <laughs> when the sites are involved. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it was no, really, we're kidding. really nice of Mike to show us, uh, yeah. show us those and take us out. He's, he's just a, all around just fantastic guy it was really fun to herp with him i really enjoyed that putting a face to the name with him especially yeah. so that was great a real pine barrens treat out there so <laughs> yeah um and then we uh went to uh the next day we went out to the poconos um with robert robert Seacas and his uh-huh. uh, two boys and and um, we got there again a little late. We went out and picked up Owen. So it was me and Rob and Eric and Owen. And, uh, then we're dry. We drove. So it added a little bit of time. So Nick and Ryan beat us out there. So they were hanging out with the, the Seacaz family and then they went to the first spot. And so we met them at the spot and they were catching water snakes. And so Robert's boys would jump in, you know, grab these huge water snakes out of the out of the pond and they were like just expert level catchers you know so nice it was pretty fun and then cool. robert and i were walking on kind of the the end of the pond and and i i saw one i'm like all right let's see if i can do this you know so i i grabbed it and, and lifted it up i think i got it too far down on the tail because like i heard i thought i heard a pop or something like it was uh-huh. you know squirming and stuff squirming. and i had it by the tail so that wasn't yeah. the best so i hurried and kind of brought it up the body a little bit got a nice squeeze on me you know those those things stink stink yeah. but they're impressive snakes they're really big body these huge northern water snakes uh so that was really fun to to go catch those and so i think his boys grabbed a couple and and then the one i got um 
So we had three out on the bank, you know, that were photographing. One had like a missing eye. One was in shed, so its eyes were all blue and cool looking. And then the one I grabbed was, uh, it was uh, smaller. I think it might have been a male. And the other two were females, but nice. Uh, who knows? But that was really cool. Uh, just this little side of the road, you know, pond, and we we got several of these things and had had fun catching them and and uh, photographing them. They were striking and stuff. You know, I had that that water snake attitude. <laughs> so yep. it was a lot of fun to to mess with those. And then they took us to another spot, you know, along a lake, and we found an, uh, Owen spotted an eastern garter coming out of a, a hole. So I got to grab that thing. We saw some um, more frogs, leopard frogs, and then Nick spotted this tiniest snake. It was probably about the same size as that ring neck, maybe even smaller. It was wow. just, and he spotted it. It was just crawling between his feet, you know, like. I think he was, you know, a couple people back. We were walking along yeah. this little um, grassed over pathway, and he spotted it just crawling through the grass, and he picked it up. It was just this tiniest little thing. So I, I believe it was a red-bellied snake. So, nice. Yeah, it was kind of hard to identify. It was so small, but Eric had his, you know, Pennsylvania guide. Um, so then we went to another spot that was by this waterfall, and there's this huge crack in a, in a rock face. And you look in the crack, and there's like six or seven snakes in there, just different levels, depths of the crack. There were a couple water snakes closer to the entrance because they knew they could kind of puff up and you couldn't really pull them out. We saw a couple more uh, eastern milks in there. There was a ringneck, a large adult ringneck snake, and then those water snakes. And then there was a, a eastern garter as well that was kind of hanging out from a different crack that I saw you know on the other rock and so we had fun just kind of you know t trying to take pictures inside the crack and mm -hmm. stuff like that and, and i went up on top of the rocks and there was this big water snake like hiding under a branch you know just kind of hanging out there so i slowly lifted the branch and got some pictures of that just hanging out on the rock and then rob rob grabbed it and we brought it down and took some pictures so like the waterfalls in the background with the snake on the rock so got some cool like scenery pictures with him and then then uh robert took us back to his house and fed us lunch and we got to see his uh collection he had some cool lizards uh some of the cory tofane's helmeted iguanas and stuff so and uh, kimberly rock monitors but nice. he had, yeah had some nice uh, animals there but just super cool guy super gracious family like really just a, a great family so it was fun to hang out with them and they fed us and just were super nice so what a cool cool place and cool people that's kind of what this whole trip was all about you know yeah. just meeting meeting good people and and uh having that camaraderie and then owen took us to a a spot where there's like this uh, road that is sunk off into the river. It's like it's closed down, so the road's closed down. So you're walking down this road, and it's just covered with all this crazy graffiti and stuff. And so we went looking for copperheads. It started to rain. We got kind of lost off track. We're going up these bike trails that are like seriously steep, and then have to come down these sketchy steep hills that are like mountain bike trails. We're like, where are you taking us? So he, he missed the the turn off to go up to the climbing walls and stuff. And so I thought, we eventually found it, but. It was kind of cold and dark and rainy, so we didn't see. I thought those forest gorillas were supposed to be good navigators, dude. Other than frogs, but 
Yeah, I, I don't know. He needs to get back to his roots, his, yeah. his Mac and Wookiee roots. He's, he's, he's <laughs> get, too much of a city slicker. <laughs> get more forest uh, educated, yeah. I guess. Um, then the next day was the last day we were there, so we uh, we decided to hit the Copperhead spot one more time. And so we went went down there and it's like there's these signs saying beware of copperheads they're everywhere around here and so you know go mm-hmm. looking again and hit the spots where they've seen them before there's one picture that eric has of this like artificial cover and it's lifted up and there's like five copperheads stacked end to end you know and so we go to that spot and i'm all anticipating and i lift up the thing and there's nothing there I'm like, Dang it. <laughs> so and then uh but we we came back and there was one in a crack in the rocks and so I'm like all right we we got one at least Eric spotted it and so he, I thought you know the sun's gonna hit that spot in about thirty minutes let's let's hang out and see if it moves it you know moves once the sun kind of hits the rocks and uh, they're like all right you know it's worth a try and so we're, we kind of look around you know finding some other stuff but um, then a cop rolls up. And she's like, yeah, we got a call saying you guys are out, you know, with looking in the rock cracks. I just need to make sure you're not collecting. You know, do you do you have any any hooks or bags? I'm like, no, we're just taking pictures. Do you mind if I see your pictures? I'm like, no, knock yourself out. So I'm showing this cop lady some pictures on you know my phone or my camera of the birds and snakes and stuff. And she's like, all right, we just want to make sure you're not doing anything illegal. I'm like, no, ma'am, we're just here enjoying your wild like like she just wanted to look to make sure you didn't photograph yourself having to do something illegal that would incriminate I, you so yes. she, i don't understand what yeah. was happening there but okay whatever i, I didn't hear yeah no, 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 no. Like, yeah like she, like, she couldn't do anything else job, so she's yeah. like uh just let me look at your camera real quick we'll yeah. call it we'll call it deuces after that yeah and then she's like can i talk oh, to you hey that's me oh we I didn't even done. say Pete Call. What's going on here? <laughs> All right. Well, it wouldn't be a show without a chime in from our old friend Ruby. <laughs> um. So yeah, she she's like, "Can I t- talk to your?" I heard there were two people with you, and I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Where are they?" And I'm like, "Over there." So they they were walking towards us, and then I think they saw me talking to a cop, so they went and sat on a bench, and I'm like. Uh, I wish they would have just walked over here so you could get it over with. But yeah. so we had to walk over to them and like, she's like, I'll ask them the same questions and they gave the same answers. So she was appeased. And then she got cool and she's like, Oh, well you ought to check this spot and this spot. I've, I've heard they're over here, but snakes are gross. I don't know why you weirdos are so gross. Uh-huh. Like, okay. Thanks. <laughs> keep doing, keep doing your job lady. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was one of those fun little things of, being profiled because we you didn't, you didn't just be like, yeah, but cops suck. So here we are. Like, what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Don't, do that. Don't, don't ever do that. That is the wrong thing. To, that is 100% the wrong thing to do. It's close to attitude. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. It was, it was, uh, it was good. So yeah, we waited and then, um, so I go back in the crack and I'm like, oh, I don't see it. And they're like, it's right there. I'm like, guys. Those are leaves. That's not there. And so we start looking around and I look under this kind of uh, it's like a rock and there's a big opening underneath the rock, kind of like a bench type thing. And I look in there. I'm like, oh, I see it. I see one. It's it's out. It's crawling around. And, you know, its body was all and it took me 
quite a while, like much longer than it should have to notice its head was like closer to me than, you know, the body I was staring at. And it was just had its head up just like straight up. And it just looked like a leaf, man. It was like oh, such crazy. good crypsis, like such amazing camouflage. And I was just like, wow, that is a cool snake. So we got to take, you know, better, much better pictures than when it was in the crack and got to see its body and, you know, the pattern and everything. So that was really cool. So we spent, you know, a good hour or two <laughs> with the snake, just taking pictures and kind of watching it. And then it eventually crawled down another hole and disappeared. But And there was another eastern garter snake coming out of a different uh, hole, uh, crack in the rocks there. So the lem cracks paid off pretty nicely. Nice. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But And then we headed back to Eric's for a little swim and clean up and got, an early, uh, got to bed early because it was... Uh, we went out to a nice dinner. Rob took uh, took everybody out to dinner, so that was that was nice of him. Got some seafood and stuff, and then uh, to bed early because we had like a six a.m. flight, so we had to get up at like yeah. uh, crack it on. Yeah, very early to to make the drive in, and uh, it was like I think I woke up at two thirty, so that would have been twelve thirty my time at home, and then we got home and uh, there was a delay. Did on you take the Schuylkill? The Schuylkill? Did you have to take the Schuylkill? <laughs> no. The Schuylkill Expressway? <laughs> no. I don't know. We might have. <laughs> I'd have to ask Eric. I was I like you'd like, know it if not you paying did. attention. Yeah. <laughs> so but it was it was a good time. It was really fun hanging out with Eric. Oh man, he had some funny stories. You'll have to ask him about his haircut, but <laughs> Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bizarre. Um but yeah, it was it was great hanging out with Eric and Owen and, and Rob and the rest of the crew it was it was a lot of fun, really good trip. So good, uh, right. good first carpet fest. So sorry about taking. taking I was so going to say we are now at the forty-five right. minute mark of right? Justin's commentary. So I was going to say, are we are we really doing the invasive species, or is this just the carpet fest <laughs> recap the, show the recap? now? Nah, we better we better fight a little bit. All um, right, let's go then. Get out that this coin. Just you just. Introduction, yeah, and we can uh, we can maybe delve into this another time as well. But this is an interesting topic. So, um, invasive species, you know, can anything be done, or is you know, it's just that's the nature of things, and you know, and species get to places they shouldn't be and are invasive for a while, but then become part of the part of the normal flora. So let's let's chat about that. Um, do you want to go ahead? And so, what it? is the what are the sides here? Yes, you can do something about invasive species, or no? There's no, really why? Why even bother? It's just I got it. All right, let's it go. Goes. Let's go. Okay. Uh, so uh, heads. It is tails. Shit, you have lost the toss. I thought with getting a new lost quarter, the toss, I might lose my luck here. But okay, so um, I'm gonna. Why go would you lose the... your luck when you just make it up? <laughs> No. I'm not accusing. I'm just he, well. Every that, show that was just my, sore yeah. loserism. That was sore loserism. Okay. Talking, my bad. I'll retreat back to my corner. We need to start doing a digital coin flip or something so I can show you. you so, know, so it's like so you yeah, can so. see it live. You know, a little yeah. easier than a coin on a little tiny screen. Um, I'm going to take the nay side. It's you can't do much about it. So you suck. I do. Did you want yeah, that side? I did. <laughs> we can swap if you want. I mean, no, I'm not going to do that. That is not how I roll. Sort of loserism. Sir, I just 
I just was saying that was the side I would have picked. Ah, uh, negative Chuck, huh? Coming out to poo-poo. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. All I said was that's the side I would pick if I had won the coin toss, but I fucking didn't, okay? I lost. So I'm over here in Loserville just saying what I would have done had I been a winner. Can we just let me stew in that for a minute? I I guess we can. I guess. We'll we'll indulge you. So I guess now I have to go first. So but the side you didn't want. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this is a rough deal for you. I, I really like, feel for you, man. <laughs> uh, well, um I mean I think that so invasive species are kind of a kind of a tricky problem, right? Because um, we certainly can do things about invasive species. um, And there have been um, examples of, you know, uh, invasive species that have maybe not necessarily been managed, um, you know, to the point where you don't have an invasive species, but they're certainly being managed so that they, um, you know, so their impacts are, are at least controlled, if not limited to, to and reduced. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but, you know, I think I will just say that, and, you know, it's a human, this is such a human problem because we have a global economy, global trade and, you know, the ships, the, you know, the planes, the, the, any transport that we're doing is taking, you know, you know, on purpose and accidental hitchhikers uh, that were never meant to leave their ecosystem. and, And, you know, we're, we're, you know, giving them an Uber to a new ecosystem. So, I, you know, I don't know as long as we're around how we're going to fix that problem. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, it is a, a very difficult problem. And, and, you know, I think a lot of times there's a, an a unbalanced focus on like the pet trade and their hand in this. But I mean, the in, in that there is there is a point to that right so yeah there's a lot of stuff that's i mean florida is just kind of ruined with all the um fish plants i mean it's not just reptiles there's all yeah. sorts of invasives humans are probably the worst invasive species in in well, florida sure. where they've yeah. just changed the whole landscape so it's like what are you protecting you know why mm-hmm. why do you care if there's a burmese python there when it's not natural in the first place what is it going to eat the you know the the uh uh, tegus or the green yeah. iguanas, you know, that kind of thing. It's like all these other invasive species, but you know, it's an easy target for the politicians and the animal rights groups and stuff to tackle these big, scary pythons, you know? Sure. But uh, so, you know, I, I, I guess a lot of inv- invasive species are not an issue, you know, like maybe the, the morning geckos or the house geckos mm-hmm. that seem to just find their way into every, you know, tropical area around the world. It's, yeah, you know, they're you just go anywhere great generalists. Just, yeah. yeah. Just hanging out on the wall, eating bugs. Yep. It's not, not, not yep. a big deal. They're not really impacting the environment. So of course nobody's going to, at least not in a way that we bugs. are. You yeah, know. that we're aware of, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of the, you, you would have, I mean, you know, if you, mm-hmm. if you believe what you're taught in school, uh, yeah. you know, anything that isn't 
isn't to have a check in its environment. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, maybe they do, maybe there's stuff that'll take them out and, you know, they're just kind of now, a. uh, competing species, uh, you know, with some, with something else. Um, yeah. Well, I think, I think one of the biggest, uh, I guess, arguments towards not really doing much about invasive species is the fact that the environment usually adapts to them in some way, either negatively, like just species go extinct and then you don't have to worry about the invasive species because the species of concern is already gone, which Mm -hmm. is probably the worst case scenario, of course. And then others like maybe the cane toad where, you know, animals learn, like, I don't eat this thing because it's very poisonous. And if I try to eat it, I die or get really sick. And so they, you know, you see a huge decline initially, but then kind of a slow buildup of, of the species that were impacted. And it actually, you know, they've shown, uh, Shine's studies have shown in a lot of, uh, examples of cane toads actually helping different species, like killing off the large predators. So Mm -hmm. things like, uh, you know, the, um, the pig nose turtles and things like that have actually an increase in their population numbers. Yeah, because because yeah. it can't all be negative. Yeah, for everybody, right? Exactly. Because you know it, it certainly has certainly something non you know introduced uh, is going to be negative for somebody, but that mm-hmm. means somebody's going to benefit from it, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. so I and I think oh come now. <laughs> I think I think you know in 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 the in the game there's always winners and losers right and and mm-hmm. I think you know an invasive just represents kind of a, a, a an imbalance to the system um and and so you know can can will the system adapt and change or or work its way out yeah absolutely it will yeah. um b- but you know, you're, you're talking about disturbed ecosystems and ecosystems that, you know, like in San Diego, um, you know, if we got invasive species are highly impactful just because we're very specialized here, right? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of the, 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 the flora and fauna are highly dependent on each other and are highly specialized for this environment. Mm -hmm. So when something comes in there and disrupts that, you know, it can have huge impacts. Um, Other examples of that are like islands, you know, like New yeah, yeah, and all the yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, I think to your point, yeah, I mean, it can have, you know, like is well, it is an invasive species the end of of an ecosystem? Absolutely not. Nope, not one bit. It's going to march on. Things will be okay, but it will be forever changed. It won't be the same ecosystem. And, you know, once you disturb an ecosystem, it never goes back. You can't get it back. It never goes back. So maybe that goes to your point, too. Like, you know, why why are you so worried about preserving something that's always going to change but never yeah. go back. You well, know? I mean, the, the, even the if world, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Oh, the the world's gone through countless cycles of change yeah. and, you know, and so, I mean, to say that, you know, we don't have the same earth that was here, you know, 10 million years ago or a hundred million, you know, th- those, those changes, I mean, they're sometimes catastrophic, you know, huge, mm-hmm. um, uh, extinction events. Now, the only difference between the one now is, is a lot of it is man-made, but mm-hmm. you know, what's the difference really of, you know, some tree getting blown over and floating out to an island and a new colonist is the, taking the, advantage the only of difference the i would say is probably the time scale that it's happening sure we're yeah. compressing you know as human anytime uh you know technology and humans get involved mm-hmm. we compress those time scales and, and way the speed down. of travel yep. and things yep. like that and know. so that can be you know that that's kind of to me, that is kind of the same thing as climate change, stressing um, an animal or a plant's ability to change um, fast enough to keep up with its changing environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of the same thing, like how quickly we can inundate uh, a pristine area with invasive issues and and in that compressed time scale what does that do to the animal's ability in that ecosystem to adapt to it same same idea right same kind of concept exactly Um, and and i think you know regardless i mean um i think i look at the cost of saving species and you know this is maybe another topic but the fact that extinctions occur you know even Absolutely. if they're man driven it's it's kind of a bummer there was yep. there was something oh it's the uh, there's some locust that used to be in the west that there was one one time somebody observed a cloud of locusts fl- flying by for like a solid uh, <laughs> Like a, a cloud of millions upon millions of these things floating by for, you know, probably 45 minutes, you know, endless supply. And, and now that species is extinct, you know, and I believe it was, you know, anthropogenic uh, destruction of the species because it was a pest species or whatever. And so, you know, you'll, you'll, those, those kind of things are a bad example of human footprint on the earth. You know, sometimes we, the passenger pigeon, you know, they never thought they'd, there was, it would be even possible to bring those to extinction just because they were so plentiful, so uh, adaptable, but then, you know, they hunted them to extinction and then all of a sudden they're gone and you have no more passenger pigeons. So it's kind of a a double-edged sword, I guess, but now we're, we're much more, conscientious of those kind of things, even to the point of telling other countries what they can and can't do, you know, because, uh, they, we, we need to preserve your, you know, your wild heritage. And they're like, we just want to make a buck and survive and eat food. Like, you know, like you did to your country kind of thing, but we saw what we did to our country and like, we don't want that to happen around the world. So it's kind of a hard, hard sell sometimes, you know, to tell people, Hey, value your, your, uh, ecosystems and your, your nature. And, and, and I think some countries have done that nicely, like Costa Rica. I mean, then it turns it into kind of a, a tourist, you know, uh, country where, you know, people come to see the wildlife because they've done such a good job at, at preserving it. Whereas some, some of their neighboring countries have not really done that and they've destroyed a lot of their natural forests and don't have those, uh, those, uh, revenue sources because people don't come there as much to, 
to see the wildlife because it's all gone, you know, so you kind of lose out on that. And, uh, it's hard to see that while you're developing because to develop a lot of times you got to cut down trees and, you know, those kind of things. And I mean, we definitely impacted North America here and changed the landscape forever in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, the huge Buffalo herds are no more and, you know, the passenger pigeons are no more and those kind of things. So it's kind of sad to see that happen. And man, what what I wouldn't give to go herp Australia before the cane toad got there, you know, to see untouched, uh, pristine areas with, without cane toads. But that's not going to happen, you know? And so, and, and the, the enormous cost, I think I heard, uh, there was an Australian researcher that was working on saving, uh, I think it was McFadden, um, really cool guy. I met him at a symposium one time, but he was working on saving like the Christmas Island. There was like a skink and an endemic gecko that were out there that they were trying to save. And it costs like an enormous amount of money mm-hmm. to keep yeah. the genetic diversity and a, and a population large enough, you know, indoors and climate control, you know, environment um, just cost a tremendous amount of money. And it's like, at what point do we just say, well, you know, they had a good run. This is part of nature cycle. Even if we're accelerating it, you know, some things go extinct. I know that's kind of a terrible, you know, pessimistic. I think that's the. It, I think that's but, the easy thing for the dominant species on the planet to say. Sure. Sure. I mean, I mean, we've had our 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 uh, close calls. I think with with extinction, like the Black Plague, and you know, taking out a, a a big chunk of the population, and even something small like the you know the uh, COVID pandemic that was a little scary there for a bit, and yeah. took out a good chunk. Well, not not too huge a chunk, but no, but a pretty good sized chunk it, it of our population. A, it, it killed it yeah. killed a lot of people. Maybe a. A three hundredth of the population, yeah. So not quite a third. That would be pretty catastrophic. Yeah, but, you know. So those kind of things do occur, and they're part of the, I guess, natural cycle, if you want to call it that. So the flu of nineteen twelve, or those those kind of things, nineteen eighteen, yep. yeah, nineteen eighteen pandemic. So, um, yeah, crazy crazy stuff has has occurred to the dominant species as well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I mean. But I, I do think, you know, there there's definitely a place for management and, uh, you know, I'm not totally against stepping in and trying to help things remain natural. It's just really hard to find examples of that happening and working. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like much ado about nothing. You spend all this money, put in a huge fence or something, and it doesn't stop it. You know, it just kind of like wastes money and makes you mm-hmm. feel good at the time, you know? Well, I mean, but... Hey Chuck, yeah, I got a question. Can we save mm-hmm. the rhinos? Can we save the rhinos? <laughs> Ask Jeff. <laughs> Ask oh, Jeff, Jeff told me he said we could. Yeah. What, what do you think? <laughs> no. I say <laughs> rhino. <laughs> I mean, you know, you see some of this, and it's almost functionally extinct already. It is. We're definitely down to so function- few numbers. It's, oh, it's it. Yeah. The the white rhino has been functionally extinct for a long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, you know, you get down to a certain point and genetic bottlenecking will absolutely take care of the rest of it. And that happened long, 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 long ass time ago with the white rhino. And, you know, we we do the best we can to try to keep the species on the, you know, on the planet as long as we can. But let's be honest. It's because we fucked it up. We feel guilty. And we're doing the best we can to keep it around. And 
Oh, it's expensive. That's a made up thing too. So money is not a real thing. Um, <laughs> it's a made up concept that we brought into reality and, um, yeah, sometimes I so. think they do kind of protect things to death, like especially, yeah. you know, there's a lot of examples of that in Australia. Their native wildlife is going extinct and there are plenty of hobbyists and, and keepers that would love to to keep these endangered animals, but they are not allowed to. So basically the government is saying, you know, we're we're cool with them going extinct as long as, as nobody can have them as a pet. You know, it's like and if they just let people, you know, work with them in captivity, they could produce a and, and I'm talking mammals, like there's a lot of mammals that are going extinct over there uh, that could be bred in captivity by people who are passionate about it, who put their own funds into it. They don't need a grant to do this, you know, they're gonna do it because they like the animals. But then, you know, are you but really don't you think a lot of governments do you think pets, a lot of governments know? look at the the potential problems that they may have to endure sure. if they go to a system oh, it's, that allows it's much, everybody yeah, it's, to, you know, much easier to say no, you know, yes. just let them let them go extinct, you know, as a, than, than as you a federal government employee, <laughs> the default answer is <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah, cuz we know better and you're yeah. going to mess it up anyway, nope. so. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of hard to to uh, feel bad, you know, for, I don't know, some of these, these government entities, you know, when people are poaching and smuggling and stuff, and you're like, well, if you had a legal channel, that wouldn't probably wouldn't be a problem. It would yeah. probably go away. Yeah. And I mean, and look, other I, than I, things like rhino horn or you know, right. elephant tusk but, or something. But I think obviously. there's, there's species that have, have been, re, you know, rebred and reintroduced and their, their populations rebounded they they were branded a success story but sure. the issue is a lot of the drivers that are causing you know species to go extinct or whatever are still happening right so yeah. Yeah. it kind of convol hey man we <laughs> talked about this i'll be right back sorry yeah. uh yeah, I, I mean, unless you can kind of take out the root cause or the you know the issue, and and I mean, if an if an animal's worth more dead than alive, um, and then it's going to be very hard to stop it, especially if you have a, a desperate community that is going to take out the. I mean, to try to stop poachers from killing rhinos when their horns are worth so much money, I, you know, I've heard some interesting thoughts on like. Let's introduce them to Texas. You know, let's release a bunch of rhinos into Texas and let them reproduce and do their thing there and let the poachers try to come and get them in Texas. You know, we'll shoot. See, but this is funny because I was just going to say like, (laughs) oh, we're we're talking about, you know, now we're talking about poaching and animals (laughs) and we're not talking about the, you know, invasive species. But then, boom, right when we thought we weren't talking about it, you bring it back to (laughs) let's bring a bunch of those animals animals to texas and let them yeah. loose and and we have no issue with that i mean yeah. if you you know listen to the tiger statistic about you know how many tigers there are in texas mm-hmm. or whatever um you know i just um i i th- i think that <laughs> we and and governments still introduce species i think 
and I shouldn't say this because every time I, I think stuff like this, I'm, I'm usually wrong. I think we might have learned the lesson to not use invasive species to, to control treat a problem species. somewhere. Yeah. I feel yeah. like we've learned that lesson, but I don't think we've yeah, – I don't know that well, we truly – I witnessed a recent one. I think we we learned to do more trials, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I, we're just more careful about fucking yeah. it up. I saw a pretty good example of of a of a good species um, use of a, of an invasive species to control another invasive species, and that was um, this is kind of going to your point, but uh, we were down on the Colorado River. We were going to run the river right, and we were waiting for the boat to get there with with our friends. They were coming a different way, and so. Um, we're sitting on the banks of the river and we hear just this munching, right? And there's all this invasive tamarisk uh, that uh-huh. is, you know, from the Middle East, it was planted to kind of help keep uh, river banks from eroding, but it's just taken over the Southwest. It grows yep. all around, you know, along any river system and stuff and, and actually sucks up a lot of the water. water. And so yeah. you poor Californians don't get any of the Colorado River because it all, you know, gets sucked up by tamarisk along the way or yep. something well, that, and other that, things. So other things. a lot of the stuff that they're ripping out in um in Anza Borrego in the mm-hmm. Anza Borrego desert it's all tamarisk. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's an invasive that's just made its yeah. way across it's the It's not good, yeah. It's not good and it and it yeah, it takes up a lot more than the native willows do. Mm-hmm. And, and the willows have been outcompeted by the tamarisk and, and man, yeah. you get some huge tamarisk forests. Like I've never I always thought they were stringy little, you know, willow like things, but they can get big tree trunks, yeah. you know, on along the big rivers. But uh, so they found this beetle that only feeds on tamarisk, <laughs> like it's its only source of food and it won't eat anything else. It just dies. And so, you know, of course, they did a lot of trials and trying to figure out if that was the case. And they tried to feed it all these native plants and it would just die rather than eat those plants. And so they did a, a release and it was like a fire had gone through. They just, you know, ate all the tamarisk. And then, and then they just kind of died off. And I, mm-hmm. I, you know, the tamarisk in the section where they release these beetles is all dead and, 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 uh, had a heart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I need to go down to that area again and see if I can see if it had a lasting effect, if the willows are coming back in or if the tamarisk are actually gone. And if they have to keep doing that year after year, releasing more beetles to chew on the tamarisk, they said something like, if you did that three years in a row, then they would be gone. And if the funding for that project goes away, then yeah, then the whole thing dries up, the whole thing falls apart. Exactly. Or if it starts, or if it, you know, one little beetle adapts and starts eating the willows instead, like, okay, now we just caused another. See, and that's, and that's that's the the thing is we're, we're screwing around with dynamic systems, like things that don't stay static. And they, 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 when you change, they change, you know, it's like, that's that's how it kind of works. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But you also see. think maybe if there's enough tamarisk, they could just kind of be uh, a beneficial invasive species. Sure, you know, that's, sure. That that's uh, around and chewing on tamarisk. So at least it keeps it in so, in a in a uh, somewhat of a controlled. You know, uh, who knows? You know, it's it's probably impossible to completely yeah. root it out and dig it out. My my right. least favorite invasive species has got to be cheatgrass, man. That stuff that gets in your socks. I hate it so badly. And it's just all over the Southwest as well. Brought in yep. by cattle, you know. Yep. Another invasive species that we've spread across the earth to to make our hamburgers and things. This and they dog. taste wonderful, but... Oh, yeah. Ruby wow. is uh, having her fun, but... 
she telling us it's time to be done, or do you have any other? I guess I don't know. Points? She heard hamburger and <laughs> time to eat. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I don't know. It's it's hard to be positive when you have so few good examples of this working out. You know, trying. Yeah, to and that's the. It. I think that's the problem. Is there's a lot of examples of it going badly, mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of examples of you know good outcomes with invasives that I think almost the, the best hope would to, to be to fence off like areas of good habitat and kind of have little preserves. Now that doesn't do much for megafauna. Um, you know, it might be okay in like New Zealand where you have geckos and, you know, small marsupials or not marsupials, there, but whatever man. bird species that you can kind of fence off and protect or put on an island. And, and I keep, just don't think the world know. works like that. You just can't. It's, it's fence really shit difficult. Off. Nothing yeah. gets, nothing is really ever fenced off. You yeah. know, I, I mean, there, like I said, there are some good examples of that in New Zealand where they've, you know, have like a tuatara preserve where they fenced areas right. off and kept the rats out. So the tuatars are doing okay. Or, or islands where they've eradicated the rats on the island. Island because it's a small enough area you could, you know, get every rat on the yeah. island, which is very difficult. You're just saying that they've done well at managing some of those, yeah, things. Yeah. But I mean, every every hike we did, there were there were stoat traps and rat traps. You know, like they're still yeah. trying to control them. But you'd see, them, sure. you know, you'd be driving along, see a ferret bound across the road in New Zealand. You're like, Dad, come. Uh, yeah, it was not not cool to see the invasives over there. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's nothing like it was back in the day. I mean, that was like ground bird paradise. You know, there's so many different ground bird species and they've all kind of gone the way of the dodo. A lot of them anyway. So yeah. it's really tragic to see. But, you know, I guess who's to say that wouldn't have been the case, even if without human intervention, maybe something right. floats over, or, you know, makes it its way over. Well, I mean, I, you know, I think... I think there's, you're always going to have the, the more you disturb a system, the faster things like this happen. And, and we are disturbing a system because there's just so much of us at such an alarming rate that it's just like, you know, it's like that little wheel on your power thing when your Chevy chase Christmas lights are on. It's just (laughs) like spin you know you just fly so, helicopter yes. off of there and exactly what you yeah. can do is creating lift that's correct yeah i yeah i have a hard time because like you know you you hate the cane toads for what they've done but the cane toads are fine where they're from you know yeah and i i could never bring myself to to kill them like everybody's like run it over you know and i'd I'd, I'd like, oh, I, I missed it. Sorry. You know, I wouldn't feel bad if I missed it. You know, it's hard because, you know, the damage they're doing. And, and I don't, you know, think that's necessarily the wrong thing to do, you know, to help kind of do your part to control an invasive species. Um, I pulled this, the freaking uh, cheatgrass out of my, my socks and I break up the seed. I'm like, you will never make a plant. <laughs> exactly. yeah, I ground totally. that thing to powder. So I don't feel bad about that. Or I don't feel bad about, you know, uh, 
uh, stepping on a land. Yeah. So why? Yeah, exactly. So why should I feel bad about? Exactly. I guess I like reptiles and amphibians, so it's hard, even if because it's not really their fault. You know, the toad didn't ask to be put there. It was our stupid fault. So, you know, I don't know. It's a tricky one. I do see both sides of that. And I, I understand why, you know, there does need to be some control because, yeah, there's literally some places that are just crawling with toads in, in east coast of Australia. And they're making their way over to the Kimberley. And, I mean, they have found some ways to kind of control or, or slow down the spread of the cane toad or reduce their numbers, which is good. And actually some some uh, pretty unique and... and uh, ingenious ways of of slowing down the toads and hopefully those things are are effective in practice and you know they don't cost too terribly much um you know we've seen putting bounties on things doesn't always help that much i mean there were you could over there buy like these like coin purses that were made out of toad leather you know a lot of times they'd have the head on there or something i thought that was a little gruesome but you know it's like hey if there's a resource and you can make some money off of it one of the damn baby nice purse (laughs) right is that pure cane cane toad toad? well it was it was pretty nice leather i don't know how much (laughs) they had to process it or if they got all the poison out of it but you know it's pretty nice leather um one of the one of the craziest like backwards things I've heard, there was this invasive water plant in, in a national park in the United States and people, I, I believe some from a like Cambodia or a country in Southeast Asia, that that was a plant they were used to eating in their home, you know, in their native lands or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they were going into the national parks, harvesting this invasive weed, you know, with their own time and effort, bringing it home, eating it, you know, and then the, the national park found out they were collecting a plant from the national park. So they put the kibosh on it and said no more harvest. And then all the waterways got choked with this invasive weed. It's like you had a free source of weed control and removal, but you, you stopped it because it was technically against the rules of the park. It was, seems kind of, kind of backwards, you know, Yeah, but eat your know. weeds folks eat yeah. your weeds well and and again on on that you know like you you have people going in the everglades to hunt pythons but they a snake is a snake to a lot of people so they see a big you know pine snake or bull snake or something they're gonna shoot it and say i got a python you know they're not not uh necessarily discriminating against you know other species that are native and and natural there so i don't know it's a it's a tricky question it's a shit show. Yeah. Well, here we are. Oh, so did we figure it out. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I well, think we'll, we may we may have to revisit this. Uh, we might. I'm sure we missed a lot of a lot of points, and I'm sure a few of you out there are yelling at your uh, your computers or your phones or whatever you're listening. Or have to. turned this off. A or long have turned time this off. Ago. Yeah. After my forty, maybe they were like, "Yeah, we're cool with the Carpet Fest episode. We're out." Yeah, yeah. hey, that's all right. You know, mm. we we appreciate your listening. So treat it like way. a part one, part two episode, if that's what you did. Maybe so. Yeah, we yeah. can have some more yep. insight in this down the road. Yeah, chime in 50/50. if you if you feel we need we miss some things. Let yeah. us know, and we'll have you on. So, all right. Well, um, what do, what do we? You got anything else for us? Um, any other final thoughts on this topic or have we kind of exhausted our efforts? No, I mean, you know, it's, uh, 
it's tough, man. It's uh, you know, kind of a soup sandwich out there, and so it, I I don't think you should be too dogmatic on uh, on this topic one way or the other. You know, um, yeah, I yeah. Don't, it's really uh, really hard to show the efforts really good yeah. to much success. So I mean, of course, but, I would know, love to keep things. Try? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's a that's true too. Question. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, any uh, interesting reptile news you've heard or things? Mm, no. Yeah, I, I have not had much time for I've reptile news. I've kind of been news. out of it a little bit, trying to yeah. catch up with work after the trip, so I haven't really looked too much. But I'm trying to think if I've seen anything cool lately. Um, I haven't been listening to a lot of reptile podcasts. I did listen to Eric and Owen uh, talk about Carpet Fest on, on MPR as well as Carpets and Coffee, so... Check that out for more uh, stories of Carpet Fest. If you didn't get enough from didn't get a full here. recap from our <laughs> earlier episode. Exactly. I kind of wanted them to kind of uh, do it first, so I'm glad they got that information out there already. So, but not to be outdone, Justin yeah. followed up with a well, hey, with a you know, thorough. You didn't get it from my perspective, right? That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Isn't it funny too when you're listening to stories and you you're like, wait, I don't remember happening mm-hmm. happening that way. You know, I see it. I it's in, it's it or, is interesting, like how you know whether that's how you remember, how they yeah. remember, how you yep. know. Do we all remember that way, exactly. or is that just you know, like a, yeah? But you're right. You're sure. Oh, right. what? Like, one I got to clear up for sure is uh, I was listening to Venom Exchange Radio and, and 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 Niche talked about our trip to Utah and he uh, he recorded it incorrectly. Um, I just want to clear the record here, Nipper. Um, we, when we were coming back across the river um, in in the in central Utah, when we went to the Lutosis area and found the, our first Lutosis of the trip. On the way back across the river, I was the one that didn't step in the river, not Dustin. All right, let's clear that up. <laughs> I kept my feet dry. And I had a good laugh because Dustin beat me earlier in the trip in a canyon. We were trying to stay on the walls of the canyon and not get our feet wet. And uh, I I slipped and fell in and got a foot wet in the in Little Wild Horse Canyon, whereas Dustin stayed dry. But in the in that canyon crossing the river... I was the one that stayed dry. Dustin fell in with the rest of you, so I didn't want to be. I wanted to set the record straight. Sorry for Venom Exchange. He had a he had a misremembering of that event. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the and also the fact that I'd seen plenty of uh, uh, specs in Utah, as have Chris and Aspen. So it wasn't a lifer for everybody there. So I'd already seen it was my first one that i'd found on my by myself you know myself so that was i guess a first time type thing but clearing right, the air done julender yeah you yeah get it off your chest getting my pettiness over that's a record straight I'm sure no 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 doesn't even sir, listen to us does he? sir <laughs> you deserve to be represented factually functionally you're hired you're my yes. new lawyer <laughs> You'll get me the compensation I deserve. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. I will chase them to the we'll end see of the in, earth to get your we'll money. We'll see you in court, Nipper. <laughs> you think Take you can that. run your mouth off and say that I fell in the river? That's wait, what's that called? Where you uh, badmouth somebody to the detriment of their slander? Image? 
Slander. That is slander, my friend. If you write it, it's libel. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. Thank That'll you. be $100, dollars You're a good Justin. lawyer. <laughs> yeah, you can That's bill. Correct. Actually, just I, bill I Nipper. Bill you, we're going to yeah, get the settlement. Just start billing <laughs> just Nipper. Bill he starts getting bills. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this Chuck? Attorney at law. <laughs> What's going on here? I don't know any attorney like, named this Chuck. This is bullocks. This is bullshit. <laughs> He's not a lawyer. I know him. <laughs> he can't bill me. Uh, all right. Well, Nipper, watch for the, the bill is in the mail. Yeah, checks in the mail. Nipper. <laughs> all right. Well, I think uh, this has been a fun discussion. So thanks for uh, tuning in. And thanks to Eric and Owen and the NPR umbrella for housing us and keeping us dry in this wet, wet, area what <laughs> the podcast arena <laughs> that, that may have fallen apart halfway i think through. that fell apart but, but we sure do appreciate you Podfather, and we pay homage to you here so thanks for uh listening and we'll uh have another one for you soon oh hey <laughs> <laughs> 